Good morning, church. Welcome to the Sunday service uh, message. Uh, unfortunately, because of what we are facing around the world, we have to come to you digitally again. But we welcome you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. At least we have an avenue of reaching you with the Word of God. And this morning we want to uh, bring another word that we pray will be a blessing to you and in this time of crisis and difficulty. So let's pray and let's seek the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, Lord, we just thank you for this day you've given us in which we can bring your word to the people. I pray that, Lord, the word will have its way and uh, produce the good fruit this time and encourage and comfort and strengthen your people and also prepare their hearts for the times that we are living in and for the prophetic times that are coming ahead. We know that these are the days that you spoke about in the word and surely it shall come to pass. Lord, we thank you for your favor and your blessings upon each one, your protection and uh, this time of salvation that many will get saved. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Bless the anointing. Bless the word this morning. Let it reach your people. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So this morning, I want to address an issue uh, from the Bible that may be a topic from the Bible that is not commonly spoken about. It, it is sort of understood, uh, but it's not specifically spoken about. And it's very relevant for the times. I just want to start with a little message, uh, a testimony of my own. Uh, when I was facing a very difficult time, uh, a life-threatening time, a possibility of great harm and danger to me and my family, and uh, I didn't understand what was going on. I couldn't pray. I said to the Lord, I can't pray. I had a heart condition. Uh, all sorts of other things were going on in the body of Christ that I was pastoring. So it seemed to me like, you know, darkness has surrounded me and there was a great difficulty in understanding what it was that was going on and what was I supposed to do about it. So all I said to the Lord was, I said, Lord, I cannot pray anymore. And I'm just letting it go and I'm leaving it in your hands. Well, not long after that, many things unfolded by, you know, even by the minutest detail that was just full of miracles all along the way that sorted out the situation that I was facing and I stopped for a moment after that when everything had settled and I asked the Lord I said Lord uh, what is this all about and the Lord said to me it is about my wisdom it's about what I've chosen should happen uh, so that something greater can follow after the darkness so I believe that in this time, uh, when we are facing so much darkness in the world, that it, it is like a veil. It's like a veil over what is happening. We can't necessarily seem to understand what's going on. Uh, we don't know what to do necessarily. We're just waiting. A lot of us are just waiting on the Lord. And, and that's not a bad thing. But there has to come an understanding as well that that God is doing something, that God is not silent, sitting in the throne, on his throne, not worried about us. No, he is. He's concerned about every single person, saved and unsaved, and he wants people to come to him. And so we need to understand what it is that is going on in the context of what is written in the Bible for us. 
I mean, there are a lot of theories, there are a lot of prophecies, there are a lot of things talking, being spoken about out there in the world. And I, I really would like very much to stick to the word and what the word is saying so that through the spirit of God, we understand the, you know, that these things are not new. These things uh, have come before and uh, have uh, acted against the world and God's people before. But we need to understand how God operates uh, and why he allows things like this to happen. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 19 through to 25. 1 Corinthians 1, 19 through to 25. And we're picking up the letter of Apostle Paul to the Corinthians and he's speaking about certain things that we need to understand and he's questioning the wisdom of the world. And so we pick it up in 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. What, keep a particular attention to this. The foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And he's talking about us, okay? We too need to keep our salvation and faith at this time. So it is by the foolishness of preaching that, that it helps us to do that. Then he goes on to say, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now this is what I want to talk to you about. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now, the wisdom of God is not often spoken about, except that it is done in, in, a, in a sense that it is a wisdom that is given to men, and we say we must gain that wisdom of God, and that's true in, it, in itself. But I want you to understand something today, which is uh, very, very, very important in a time like this. That God's wisdom is exclusive. It's separate to us. It is separate to humanity. It's separate to the angels. It's separate to everybody. It's exclusive. It belongs to God. Okay, so the wisdom of God operates before and after creation. That means in His wisdom, God made the world. In His wisdom, God created the angels. In His wisdom, He made the universe. So there, that was no, no man involved in it, okay? This was the thing that God did and it came out of His wisdom. Now after He created all these things, God started operating in His wisdom again in creation and through creation. So I believe right now what God is doing is He's confounding the wise by the foolish things of this world. Amen? And so he's sorting out the wisdom of men with the wisdom of God. So I thank God, I really do thank God for his intervention in human affairs. You know, when we were all in sin and dying and no hope for a future, God sent Jesus. Now it says that Jesus is the wisdom of God. So, you know, we struggle with the idea of Jesus, but God is wise and <clears throat> He is willing to reveal certain things to us 
so that we may understand his ways. We cannot even begin to compare what God's wisdom is like. Some spiritual matters are beyond us. We can only know what God gives us and we need to understand within the context of what God gives us. But we also need to trust the wisdom of God. So God takes matters out of our hands and he does it in his way. So if you are willing to understand this, if you are opening your heart to understand this, you'll see that God is doing something in his own wisdom. You say, oh, but it doesn't make sense. All this sort of stuff is going on. And yes, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense. Jesus was hidden God. He didn't make sense to the angelic powers, especially Satan. And he doesn't make sense to a lot of people in the world today, except for those who have come and met Jesus and accepted him as Lord and Savior. And now they begin to understand the wisdom of God. So we need to understand that God is intervening in human affairs so that he can bring about his wisdom and establish certain things that he wants to establish. Now we, are, we know that he's confounding the foolish things, foolish people of this world who call themselves wise with the foolish things of this world. And, and so we need to understand that man, you know, creates monsters. He creates monsters because he thinks he's very wise. He thinks he's very innovative, very creative. And in the end, he creates a monster. So when the Tower of Babel was being built, man was creating a monster that was going to go up against God in his own wisdom. And God wiped that out by confounding the language. And so people couldn't interact with one another and the building was not completed. So we see that today, you know, God intervenes. When man loses his way, God intervenes. See, many monsters have been created by man in history. Men have been monsters themselves. And even today, they are creating monsters. A global situation has taken over the world without an antidote. They're, they're struggling. They can't find an antidote. Well, is someone responsible for it? Well, we'll find out maybe after we pass on from this life to the other one because nobody really wants to come forth and say anything about it. But we have to realize that when monsters are created, an antidote is required, a vaccine is required to kill off that monster. So when God created, God also created Lucifer. But he became a monster by his own workings, by his own design. He tried to become God. He had everything, you know, he had the adoration of heaven, but he could not be God, and so he wanted to be God. And, and then he found out that he couldn't be God, and he got thrown out of heaven. But what happens then is that how do we deal with Satan, uh, or how does God deal with Satan for the sake of humanity? Because this guy lost his way, and then he's making us lose our way, comes into the world, causes Adam and Eve to sin, and he creates a situation that now called sin is spreading like a virus and has spread like a virus for thousands and thousands of years, sending many souls to hell. So what's the antidote for that? Well, here's the wisdom of God. The antidote for that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 31 and verse 30. 
And it says here, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Hallelujah! You see, this is the thing that God wants us to understand, is that we may not be able to understand the wisdom of God and the way He operates in, in His entirety, but we can certainly understand Jesus to the extent that we are given that revelation. And that revelation to us is that this is the wisdom of God. This is who is the Savior of the world. He is the antidote for the work of a monster called Lucifer turned to Satan. And, and we need Jesus in this hour because Satan is working his evil right throughout the world. And yes, man, man is being influenced by him to do things, but behind man is Satan who's working hard to destroy everything that God has created and God is trying to do in establishing his kingdom. You know, when I was growing up as a young man, I was born into a Christian home, but I didn't accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I had a conviction in my heart, but I never did. So I went to church, I did all the drugs and alcohol and all that sort of stuff. But when it came to a question about who Jesus is, I didn't want to accept that he was the way, the truth and the life. I said to myself, I can go to God without Jesus. But somebody pointed it out to me and said, no, you can't go to God without Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So he says he is the wisdom of God and the righteousness of God and the sanctification of God and the redemption of God. So without Jesus, there is no antidote for anything in life and especially fear, which, you know, the fear of death, the fear of life itself, the fear of sicknesses and diseases and all manners of things. Without Jesus, it's impossible to come to a place of peace and reconciliation within our own minds and to be reconciled to God. So, you know, when we want to consider what is this wisdom of God and how it operates, I want to tell you a small testimony from my own life that one day God called me into the ministry. And yes, I wanted to go. I had been praying and seeking the Lord. But when that call came, right, God called me into the ministry. Now, this had nothing to do with me in the sense of how things were going to operate. So, what kind of decisions was I going to take? How was it actually going to operate? I didn't know. But in the wisdom of God, certain things began to happen. And after a long journey of 14 years living out of a suitcase, I began to understand the wisdom of God. I began to understand the external thing that God has, which He retains for Himself, which He calls wisdom. And then I notice also that He also retains other things that are for Himself, which we operate through when He allows us to. So let's go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and we'll begin to see something there that Paul wrote about. You see, Paul was a very deep man. He had experiences in the third heaven and other things that came to him by revelation. And so he was able to write the scriptures that we read today. So in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, 
but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, these things belong to God. The faith of the Son of God, the, the wisdom of God. See, these things belong to God. They don't belong to us. Now, we are operating in our faith, and that's good. But we also need to know how to operate in the faith of the Son of God. And this is what Apostle Paul is alluding to. And he's telling us that he says, Now I live by the faith of the Son of God, not by my faith. Meaning to say that this life in the flesh cannot be lived just by your faith. It has to be lived by the faith of the Son of God. So what Jesus dictates, what he says, what his commandments say, all of those things are associated with his faith. Okay, because he knows how to approach God. He knows how to intercede on our behalf. Hebrews 7.25 says he forever interceded on our behalf in the presence of God. He's still the high priest before God. He's the savior of the world. He is the savior of mankind. He is the high priest before God. He is the word of God. He is the captain of our salvation. He's going to come back. He's a lot of things, right? And he's operating in all those things that are in the wisdom of God created by him so that he can be glorified and magnified. And now we have to trust Jesus that he knows what he is doing. Hallelujah. By you getting stuck in a situation where you can't get out of your house, you may not see tomorrow, some other problem coming and there's a threat of all these things. You know, it's irrelevant that this life in the flesh is lived by the faith of the Son of God, not only by my faith. So we need to understand that God has a faith that he keeps to himself. He doesn't give it to us, but he says, you die. Okay, so Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. So we've got to die to our fears. We've got to die to our situations. We've got to die to the possibilities of a, a no tomorrow. You know, to tell you the truth, if we die, we're going to be with Christ because we believe in him. It's only the world who is going to suffer. They're not, they're not able to understand what's coming after this. But we already know what's coming after this. So our faith is in, in Jesus. And it was the faith of Jesus that took him to the cross. Okay, it was the faith of Jesus that took him to the cross based on the word that he had received from the Father. So we see this faith operating in the most difficult of situations and, and we got to understand that. See, God must be understood for his wisdom so to work amongst us sovereignly without our intervention. Can God intervene on our behalf? And is he intervening on our behalf? Yes, he is. We don't know it. We don't see it necessarily. What we see is darkness. What we see is difficulty. What we see is daily problems. But there's a wisdom that's operating in the heavenlies that we don't know anything about. See, one of the things that I've noticed about us as human beings is that we think we're very wise. Even after we've become Christians, we've read our scriptures, and, and we think, yeah, this is the way it is, and this is what it means, and this is how we apply it, and we get some results, so we straight away think, that's it. But there's more to it than what we know and what we understand. So I want to give you an example from the life of King Solomon. Now, he was a very wise man because he spoke to God wisely, and he received wisdom. But you know, later on in life, he failed miserably in the final test. His father said to him, whatever you do, son, don't turn your heart away from God and worship other gods. 
Now, why did King Solomon, the most, the wisest man in the world, lose sight of this wisdom? Because his flesh, right, was not given to God, and he didn't understand the tragedy of human thinking. Instead of trusting his God, he went after his lust, and he fell a victim to the devil's traps through women, and then he began to worship other gods, and he turned his heart away from God. Now, you've got to understand something. God did give him wisdom, but not the wisdom of God, not the sovereign wisdom of God. You see, you've got to separate the wisdom you have to the wisdom of God. God is sovereign. He operates in his own way. He doesn't owe anybody an explanation. He can do what he likes, when he likes, whichever way he likes. Now, that's what Satan wanted to do. And in his wisdom, he went up against God and he got whacked and he got thrown out of heaven. Now, many, many, many people in today's world, they are going up against God in, in the wrong way because they, they are not able to understand what is going on and what God is doing. I'm not just talking about our situation today, but in life in general, when you reach a crisis point, when you reach a point of temptation that's beyond you, you've got to trust God. You've got to allow God to work in that situation. And God will. We must learn to operate in God's wisdom above the wisdom that God gives us. This kind of wisdom the, of God is only truly realized after the fact. You see, when you're going through a trial, okay, when you're going through a situation in life, it's difficult to understand the wisdom of God. Because you say, where are you God? Why aren't you helping me? What's going on? And all these questions shooting up to heaven. But when it's all over and when the dust is settled and you've had time to sit down and think about the journey you've just been on, whether it be for one day or many years, you begin to see the wisdom of God. And that's what you, did, you never knew when you were on the journey. You applied your wisdom that God gave you. Yes, you got through most of it, but not by your ability or by your faith. God got you through it as well. Okay, but he allowed you to use your faith and your wisdom to get through it. Now you've got to understand that uh, along with that, there was another wisdom of God that was operating, which was not given to us or to you in your journey. So let's go to Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 to look at that so that we understand clearly what God does in dire situations and circumstances like what we are in now. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. Now this is the life story of Joseph. You know, we all know that he got sold into slavery. His brothers nearly tried to kill him. And he was tempted by the woman. Then he was thrown into jail. Then he, he was there in jail. He got favor from God, God through the, the wine bearer. And then he got taken up into the presence of a king. And then he became the second in command of Egypt. Now look at this, verse 20. But as for you, talking to his brothers, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Wow! Now, <laughs> beginning the wisdom of God. You see, God put Joseph through a really difficult trial for about 17 years before the man became the governor of Egypt or the second in command of Egypt so that he could bring 
Israel into Egypt and there in Egypt Israel could become a nation hallelujah protected fed looked after in every way now all Israel had to do was keep the commandments of God but they failed even in Egypt they failed and they fornicated with the gods of Egypt and and so they they faced the trials and the tribulations that came with that but you got to understand that in the midst of crisis in the midst of difficulty if you keep your faith and when you have reached the end of your faith you say Lord I hand over to you okay now I'm operating in your wisdom and in your faith I don't know what you're doing I don't know where this is going to take me tomorrow but I have this understanding of your wisdom that is Jesus hallelujah so I leave it in your hands and now the wisdom of God is operating the wisdom of God is taking you through this journey you're going in the rapids in a boat without oars you don't know how to navigate but it's just taking you somewhere you might end up in a waterfall that's about 100 feet high and you might die that's what you're thinking but God has wisdom he said Satan means it for evil hallelujah what is happening today Satan means it for evil he's meaning it to destroy the earth in some way that he can shut down churches shut down Christians shut down people of God who are righteous praying he can't because you know God's wisdom is operating now look at us we are we are reaching you through the digital technology right now we have this window now you need to receive through this window of digital technology the words of God because it's going into the atmosphere okay and it's coming to you in your house and you're going to be blessed as you receive the word of God so we want to understand that no many many things have gone wrong in our lives not only now but before many things have gone wrong we couldn't understand the things that when somebody got raped somebody left got divorced some house burned down you lost your job along the way you couldn't settle on many things you lived with a restless spirit all sorts of things happened but in that okay God's wisdom was working see human wisdom will always create solutions for a human level on earth it can never produce a solution for what is eternal because God has produced it in the Lord Jesus Christ so if you look towards man to produce a good economy a safe place to live uh, all the other aspects of a normal natural life you're only going to get it for this lifetime but what after this lifetime where are you going what's happening to you and you know God tests people in the times of crisis he wants to know if you are willing to trust him and walk with him in the midst of crisis what if you don't have what you usually have will you trust God does it matter whether you have it or you don't have it that's what God is that's you know is an example Israel was an example for us he took Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness and he said I want to test you I'm going to prove you to see if you will follow my commandments and keep my commandments friends keep the ways of the Lord and his commandments right now okay you have to because you these are things you know these are not things that you have to create you already know it okay you don't need any great revelation anymore you already have the revelation you already know the ways of the Lord you know which way he's operating 
Get on your knees and start praying and seeking the Lord and God will bless you and you will see that you are able to walk through this crisis without a problem at all. Hallelujah. You see, there were times when monsters attacked me and when I created monsters of my own, God's wisdom kicked in and sorted out these monsters for me. They were destroying me with drugs and alcohol and all manners of evil was going on in my life. I became isolated and when I became isolated, I became right in my own mind. You see, that's what's happening today. People are living in their own wisdom and they're right in their own eyes. So everyone wants to go their own way. I'm also talking about Christians. There are many Christians who don't want to fellowship anymore. They want to go their own way. They think, oh, I've got a relationship with God, so I'll go my own way. What they don't understand is the devil is isolating them. So when he isolates them, he can get into their minds and he can start telling them, hey, look, you're all right. You're good, man. You know, you don't need the fellowship of your friends and brothers and sisters in the Lord. You don't need accountability. You don't need iron sharpening iron. So you just go do your own thing because you're okay with Christ. But how can you be okay with Christ when you have separated yourself from your brothers and sisters? When you're not able to accept correction, when you're not able to walk in the ways of the Lord, in love with one another, that is not God. We will always rub one another the wrong way. But we learn to show grace as, as, as Christ develops in our character through the Holy Ghost, by the training of what the Holy Spirit is bringing into our lives about the Word. And that's what I want you to understand. That don't get isolated in this crisis. Don't, because we can't meet, right? That doesn't mean we can't pick up the phone and talk to one another. Nor can it, does it stop us from dropping off some stuff at somebody's doorstep. If there is a need, okay? Or maybe just an act of love and grace. I don't know. But some way that you can reach your brother and sister, right? This is a time when the body of Christ needs to stay together, not separate. We need that unity of spirit. We cannot be unified in the physical, but we can be unified in the spirit. Okay, and that is showing the Spirit of God when we show the character of God. So these things that I created in my own mind, the attacks of the enemy and what I created in my own mind, they were shutting my mind down and my heart and destroying my finances, my relationships and taking away my future. Now I'm not talking about before uh, I became a Christian only, I'm talking about after I became a Christian. I still had to learn the ways of the Lord. But the devil and the enemies of my life were working against me to bring me down, mostly in my mind. So I started listening to my mind till I came to the realization, look, there's something better than my mind. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God, if I would sit down and apply myself to reading it and praying and seeking the Lord, He would renew my mind. He would give me something that would renew my thinking. So in this crisis, in this difficulty, monsters are everywhere, okay? That is fear, okay? That's telling you all sorts of things, that darkness is around you, there's no tomorrow, there's no future, we don't blah, blah, blah. But look, I want you to understand something. The Word of God is speaking and is telling you, listen, this is the way walking in it. And you're hearing the voice and saying, walking in it. You know, when God called me, into full-time ministry, 
it was not my wisdom it was God's wisdom yes I had a desire he put that in me and I was seeking him I was hungry I was thirsty I wanted to go into ministry but little did I know the way God would call me so when I lived 14 years without a salary income and support and I traveled all over the world alone by myself till I met my wife it was it took a toll on me I didn't understand the wisdom of God because I was persecuted wherever I went even in the body of Christ so what is this wisdom God why would you put me through the suffering you know when he chose Apostle Paul he was Saul he was a man who went after the church and tried to destroy it and God knocked him off his donkey and said to him you know I'm going to send you to the Jews and the Gentiles and you're going to suffer a lot for me <laughs> now many of us don't want to suffer right we think this is suffering not being able to talk to one another this is not suffering my friend I'll tell you there's a lot more coming okay you need the wisdom of God in this hour to understand what is coming it's written in the Bible for us you've got to search it and you've got to find out what it is so God's wisdom calls us into situations and circumstances that we are not ready for but it's his grace and his mercy that keeps us going so question was when God called me how was I going to react and personally handle this call so you know God is the God of the prophetic so God spoke to me in the prophetic so that is why I focus so much on the prophetic in my life because it has been a guiding light to me so when God spoke the words entered my inner man where only God can go nobody else can go there only God can go into the inner man okay even you cannot go into your inner man okay you've got to let God go in there and then when God goes in there you'll begin to understand the height the length the depth and the breadth of the love of God shown to us in Jesus the wisdom of God hallelujah so we need to understand this and we need to allow God to speak to us because I'll tell you something when God speaks to us there is nothing else in this universe that is a greater reality than his words entering your inner man it is so fantastic it is so incredible it awakens your spirit it over it awoke my spirit and I heard the voice of God and God speaking to me and saying my son when I heard that I came to the realization for the first time in my life that my true father my heavenly father is God okay and then he, he revealed himself through his voice and I saw who he was to me the one that I hungered for the one that I longed for nobody could have gone in there not even me to satisfy what God was saying that, that what I was saying to myself I need only God so God in his wisdom spoke to me and I heard the audible voice of God and I began to change and I began to walk in a different way but then again I heard the voice of God this time he was calling me into, this, into the realm of the spirit to walk in the spirit and go into all the world and preach of God the gospel you know you need that voice in this hour without that voice speaking to you you could be floundering you could be finding it extremely difficult to, to be walking in a time like this you may even be scared you may not even be admitting it to yourself but you are scared you're wondering about tomorrow and you're wondering about how to look after this that and the other you need to hear the voice of God 
Now, you might not always hear it audibly, but God speaks in many wonderful ways. Visions and dreams and through Rima word as you read your Bible, little whispers here and there, similes, typologies, all sorts of things will come into play and God will begin to speak because he sees this child seeking the father and saying, God, speak to me, I want to know. See, matters start to unfold in such a way that one could not have imagined that it was God behind the scenes working at that time. You know, God was acting in every detail to take away our decision-making process. Why is that? Because we can decide the wrong. Okay? Man makes his plans, but God directs his steps. So, if we decide to do something in this crisis uh, that is not of God, you know, I believe God will intervene because He loves us, He cares for us, He recognizes that we are His children. We do make mistakes. None of us escape that. But we have to know that God is there to support us and to correct us. But we must be listening because otherwise we'll become stubborn and we'll go our own way. And that's not good. And God can even speak to brothers, uh, through brothers and sisters. And we need to listen. We need to listen. Hallelujah. So God instills his way of reasoning like right now. Right, right now, God is speaking to us through this crisis. You see, when, when this thing is over and something is being found to destroy it, an antidote, somebody will take credit for it. But only a fool would take pride in claiming his own wisdom for a miraculous outcome in a situation in life. Because we know that it was God. I want to give you a little testimony of how God intervenes in a miraculous way. I have a friend in New South Wales who one day was heading for a rugby game and he was on a winding, winding road. So when he was going around a bend, he couldn't see what was on the other side of the bend. But as he came around the bend, he saw this car coming at him upside down on its roof at about 100 kilometers speed or more and it was heading straight for him and he, he said, no, there was no way I was going to escape this. There was no way I was going to escape this. He said, I was a dead man. But suddenly two hands came, got a hold of my steering wheel and just sideswept that oncoming vehicle upside down and I went past the car in a zip and then I looked into my rearview mirror and I saw that car going past with about two or three guys in it and they seemed to be okay and it came to a standstill so I just kept going on my way. Now, <laughs> honestly tell me, do you think it was my friend who sidestepped that car? No, it was God. God was showing this man that he's looking after him. He's taking care of his life. He's looking after his situation. You know, God is telling you now, God is looking after your situation. Don't worry about it, okay? God will get you through it. But your job is to walk in righteousness, is to walk in holiness, is to keep the commandments of God. Keep your faith. Keep your faith. I tell you again and again, keep your faith. But not only your faith, walk, ask God, what do I do in this time? How do I obey you? How do I position myself? And get into the word of God and start speaking to the Lord and God will speak to you. So in the same manner, in the midst of this crisis that is going on, God has also taken some decisions for me 
not to take stress of being the head of the house. You know, it's so easy as the head of the house to worry about your children, to worry about your future, where will we go, how will we pay the bills, what will become of us, you know, do we, will our houses become repossessed, what will happen to us? And it's easy to fall into that stress, very easy, even without even thinking you can fall into that stress. And you know, God takes that stress away from you. By placing in your thinking something that's prophetic. Now God did that for me in this midst of this crisis and even before the crisis began to speak to me prophetically. And in the, in the crisis, he's speaking even more prophetically to me. And I'm beginning to see this great plan of God, this great wisdom of God in all that is happening around me. And so the stress leaves because I don't have to worry about it. This is God's plan. This is God's will. All I do is submit to it. Hallelujah. In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was stressing out. He was perspiring blood. Okay. Because of the tension he was going through, the problems he was thinking about. But then the angels of the Lord came and strengthened him. Once he made that decision and he said, not your will, but my, not my will, but your will be done. Once that decision was made, as I preached last Sunday, he set his face as flint and he went to the cross in the full knowledge of the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. I think this is incredible that you can go into a storm, you can go into a situation, you can go into the present crisis in the full understanding that God is doing something and that there is a wisdom behind this. You say, oh, that's crazy. How can, can a, a virus wisdom be there? No, my friends, what is so wise about the cross? God says, I bring to nothing, I bring to naught the wisdom of men by the foolishness of God. Hallelujah. See, he's using the cross and, 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 and he's, beef, he's confounding men. Okay, you can actually see it in 1 Corinthians. Let's just quickly have a look at it. It's an amazing thing that Paul is saying here. And he says in verse 27, 1 Corinthians 1 27. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. So we see God doing something like through the cross that is shaking heaven and earth. Okay, the cross didn't just shake earth, it shook heaven and earth. Right, and we've got to understand. So then in uh, uh, chapter 3 verse 19 he says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. <laughs> he taketh the wise in his own craftiness. You know when Haman, in the time of Esther, wanted to destroy uh, the, the Jewish people, completely destroy them. That means there would be no Jewish nation, not only where they were, but around the world. Haman prepared a gallows for Mordecai. Mordecai is the type of Jesus. And Mordecai told Esther to go and pray and seek the Lord and then go and see the king about it. Now, Here's the wisdom of God operating, right? The gallows that were prepared by Haman for Mordecai, Haman himself hung on it. <laughs> That's something awesome, right? Here's a guy building out of his wisdom a gallows to hang his enemy, Mordecai. And then the whole table gets turned around on him. 
and then he hangs on the gallows that he prepared for himself. Guess what is going to happen to the devil? Guess what's going to happen to this virus? It's going to hang on its own gallows that it is preparing and has prepared for us. Hallelujah. The church is going to come out stronger. It's going to become more prolific. It's going to reach millions upon millions upon millions. I personally believe there's going to open up a window after this that God will give us. I don't know how many days or how many years that's going to be, but a window will open up when we will have this great opportunity to go into all the world and preach all the world and preach the gospel, right? And then we miracle signs and wonders will happen like never before. So this combination of preaching the gospel, the signs and wonders that follow the preaching of the gospel, is going to bring millions of people to the Lord. It's just a window. I'm telling you, it's just a window. After that window, there is going to be untold chaos and confusion upon the earth because that too is in the wisdom of God. So we begin, you must prepare yourself, you must position yourself, as I've been saying, prophetically speaking, you must position yourself, okay? This one little thing that is going on, this virus, has taken out the world economy. So don't depend on your money and don't depend on your gold, because that's all canker and it won't work, okay? What will work is the wisdom of God. you got to understand, why is God allowing this to happen? It's for you to come into that place that position just like Israel just like when he took Joseph into Egypt as a forerunner he said why is this happening to me because you're a forerunner son you're a forerunner you're going into this place called Egypt to prepare a nation called Israel that will come out and I'll put my favor and my mantle upon it and it shall be the nation of nations in the world and everybody will be against it but I will be for it and that too is the wisdom of God don't forget Israel I'm telling you don't forget Israel Israel will stand up in the last days and the spiritual Jerusalem is the real Israel it will stand up it will be seen and people will know that this is what God's plan was and then you will see the wisdom of God you cannot see the wisdom of God now but you will see it then I told you it will happen after the fact after you've been through the journey you will begin to understand the wisdom of God now you know Joseph understood that he understood what was going to happen and he waited upon the Lord and he did not do anything wrong in the midst of his crisis in the midst of his trouble he stayed focused on God he kept his faith and he became the governor of Egypt and man I tell you what he was a powerful 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 man and the church is going to become a very powerful instrument in the hand of God and he said I'm making you into a sharp threshing instrument with new teeth Hallelujah. You're going to chop down all the mountains in your way by just speaking the word of God. That's coming. The day is coming when we will do this. Oh, no, no. We've tried all that before. My friend, you might have tried that before. But there's a new wine being poured out. There's a new anointing coming. And you better be ready. You better be positioned to receive it. Because as in the days of Pentecost, he said, go and wait in Jerusalem and I shall send you power from on high. Now we're all caught in our own houses. We're waiting upon the Lord. I'm telling you that new power will come from on high for those who are willing to wait for that power, who are asking God for that power. They were praying. And one day there was a mighty rushing wind that came in and filled the whole house. And they all began to speak with tongues and the power of God hit them. And 3,000 
thousand people were added to the Lord in that one day and subsequently miracle signs and wonders and many more thousands of people were added I'm telling you those days are coming they're coming they're coming you better be ready I'm telling you position yourself wait on God there's a wisdom behind all this there might be a disaster in the front of your eyes your natural senses but your spiritual senses are speaking and they're saying wait upon the Lord the wisdom of God is going to be revealed and you'll begin to see what is coming hallelujah I've been waiting I've been asking the Lord what is this wisdom God and he said this is the wisdom I'm telling you run your church this way it is my own you know this is the only safeguard I have is the wisdom of God because I don't know there's so much going on around me in this church and in this place that you know I have no idea so I let go six years ago I came here and now it's been six years We've been, we've been inundated with problems and difficulties and all manners of attacks of the enemy, but we're still here. Okay, now this is the latest attack to put us all into our own homes and separate us. And the attacks are still going on, right? But who cares? I don't. I'm looking at the Lord because he's taking the stress out. And he said, this is the wisdom of God, Noble. Follow what I'm saying and do what I'm saying, whether you understand it or you don't understand it. So I'm getting a lot of flack for it. But I want to tell you something, I've been preaching and warning all of us for a long, long time from the Word of God about what was coming, okay? Not specifically, but generally speaking, that the times that we are going to go into were going to be difficult. They're going to be very, very difficult. You know, many of us just want to go back to the old way. You can't. Egypt is closed, okay? The Red Sea is closed. You can't go back. God's not going to open the Red Sea again. And this is the Red Sea. God is opening up. We are walking on dry land right now. Okay? We're getting through this, through the dry land. On all, all sides of us, the sea is waiting to crash in on us. But it's not going to happen till we cross over into the Promised Land. Because God has purposed to be that way. So, you know, you've got to understand. The Jews did not understand. And they turned their heart away from God. Many died in the wilderness. Many lost their way. Okay. And when they came into the promised land. They didn't understand the instructions of the Lord. To kill all their enemies. Okay. You've got an opportunity now. To kill all your enemies. <laughs> all your doubts. All your unbelief. All your, the lies that have been told you. All the hurts from the past. They're all your enemies. Get rid of them. Right? Because when you come to the promised land, don't take your old baggage into the promised land. Take only what God gives you. You cannot leave this earth and take all your old baggage into heaven. It's not accepted there. Okay? It won't even get up there. Okay? The only thing you can take with you are souls. So a wise man wins souls. So position yourself for the coming time and the days that God will, will bless you in the promised land. Okay? Kill all your enemies. Get rid of them. And then you will see great great things happening in your life and through your life even the babes even the children will be moving in miracle signs and wonders because they'll be more ready than you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover because they believe without any question make yourself like a child again that's what God said if you are very wise make yourself a fool because you know you're not going to make it okay you're not going to make it if you think in your own wisdom you can sort things out no way, man. Not your money, not your gold, not your status, not your husband, not your wife, nobody. It's only the wisdom of God. You got to get on your knees and begin to trust God. Say, God, I hand it all over to you and I know you'll take care of it. 
You see, when I'm doing this church, when I'm running this church, there are all sorts of things, but through that, I'm pushing in on the vision of raising war horses. And I can honestly tell you that we are getting somewhere with it. I can see people beginning to stand on their own two feet for such a time as this. I can see that we are praying more. We pray Monday to Thursday using Skype. We do Friday's health group using Skype and other methods. I'm preaching on Sunday. We're still doing church. We're still training you. We're still talking to you. We're still encouraging you and strengthening you. Yes, we're still bringing accountability. Yes, we're still rebuking and chastening and correcting. That's all part of it. You know, some people don't want to take it, so they leave the church. That's fine. Even in this time, they're leaving the church. Okay, leave. Okay, but God is bringing a remnant. And the remnant are going to be the war horses. I was listening to a testimony yesterday about a man who got taken up to heaven while he was having an operation. And he was being shown around heaven by the angel. And suddenly he saw hundreds of thousands of horses. All beautiful horses, you know, with beautiful armor on them. And a lead horse, which was white, and a general on it. And whatever he said and did, the horses did. And on that animal, the horse, was the words true and faithful. See, this is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the army that is going to follow him is going to come into the world. So then this man questioned the angel and said, I see the horses, but I don't see any people on it. He said, they have not yet arrived. <laughs> What does that mean? They have not yet arrived. They have been trained. We are training war horses here. Okay? You are the riders of those horses in the future. You're going to get on those horses and you're going. He said, why are these horses being prepared? He said, for battle. Okay? For battle. It's coming. And you need to be there. You need to be equipped, empowered, fully understanding of your position. What it is that takes, what, what does it take for you to become a war horse? You may not like many of the teachings, you may not like the rebuke, you may not like the chastening, you may not like the corrections, because you get picked on every little thing. But I'm telling you, when you go in a battle, every little thing will matter. Okay? Every little thing will matter. Your attitude, the way you see things, your perspective, what you say, what you think, how you wield the sword, the word of God, everything is going to matter. Okay? How you wear your armor, everything is going to matter. So you cannot go unprepared. That's why apostles, teachers, prophets, and pastors, and evangelists are given to the church for the perfecting of the saints. Nobody likes it. Hey, I'll tell you what, I didn't like it when God was dealing with me. A lot of things that he got sorted out, that's what's happening now. God is sorting out. Get into the closet. God will sort it out. He will cleanse you. He will prepare you for the time that is coming. Because you are designated to be a war horse. One that's going to rise and, and do what great things God has purposed for you. You shall do exploits. You shall do great things. You shall do the things of Jesus and the greater things of Jesus. So, you know, as I come to the close of this message, I'm thinking that there are some people who are living like this no tomorrow or heaven or hell. I'm talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord. They have no idea how to prepare themselves. So they're living their lives as is and they're carrying on the same way. I want to advise you, I want to counsel you. This is the time to press in. This is the time to seek the Lord and ask Him 
what you must do to magnify his name, to please him and to walk with him. Wrestling with people's arrogance, false mistakes, sin and blatant arrogance and ignorance, you know, is a very difficult thing to do. People don't want to even examine their own hearts. When you come to take communion, you've got to examine your own heart. You've really got to be truthful to yourself. And you have the ability to be truthful to yourself because of the Spirit of God in you. Right? Not, not because, because you would self-deny that you've done something wrong. But the Spirit of God brings conviction. You know, character is more important than power. Power follows character and is recorded in heaven. Power that is without character is not recorded in heaven. Okay? Because God does not honor that. He takes away kingdom, kings from kingdoms and kingdoms from kings. Because they don't honor God. Because they don't do what God told them to do. Told them to do. So we need to understand this. And you know, until and unless you're able to examine your own heart, to see the kind of person you have become, you gotta allow the Holy Spirit. This is the time to do it. This is the time to seek the Lord. Say, Lord, is there any wicked way in me? You know, examine my heart. And then let him do that. Because you know he's faithful. You know he loves you because he cares for you. He will not hurt you. It may be painful, but it will bring you through. Hallelujah. And you will have a great comfort. Now in dealing with these kind of people, I have to keep my heart. As a pastor of the church, I have to keep my heart. So I'm keeping my heart because after I have preached, I should not lose my own way. So I'm seeking the Lord for myself, for my family, for the future of the church, and what it is that we must do. This is the hour, my friends, okay? When we need to come to that place in the closet before God. Let Him speak to you. Let Him show you what, it may be outlandish, it may be something beyond your ability to even understand. But the wisdom of God, as I keep telling you, is Jesus, is the way of the Lord. Okay, the way of the Lord, He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. You know, when Jesus went to Martha and uh, He said, oh, if you had been here, my brother would have lived, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And He said, he, she said, uh, He said, He will rise again. And uh, she said, yes, I know, uh, in the resurrection he will rise again. And Jesus said, I am. <laughs> I am the resurrection and the life. He's telling you, look, at, look, 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 I'm standing right in front of you. Okay, I am the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection and life in this situation. He's standing right in front of you. He's talking to you. And he's telling you, son, daughter, walk with me, walk in the spirit. Don't be afraid. What I've prepared for you is beautiful. Okay? What the eye has not seen, the ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, but has been revealed by the Holy Spirit what God has prepared for those who love Him. And now that's prophetic. Okay? So you've got to understand what is the prophetic. I wish I could have taught on the 28th of March on the prophetic, but I couldn't because of what we were told that we couldn't gather. But a day will come when I will be able to preach and teach that. So, uh, so I, I really want you to get into the prophetic. When you pray, pray prophetically. Pray into what God has already written in the Bible will happen to the earth. Otherwise you will pray the wrong prayers. This is my constant reminder to people. Pray what God has already written. And pray according to what God has already written. That's what Daniel did. He checked Jeremiah's scriptures and he prayed according to the scriptures that Jeremiah wrote. 
He didn't conjure up his own prayer. He understood from that what was going to happen and then he began to intercede. In the same way, we too must intercede for the world and for the people of the church. And God will come. The last day's church will be, I believe, will not be the standing building type of church that, that God will remove that. Okay, there will be icons around the world, but they'll become targets. Okay, because they're easy targets for the enemy and for the governments to shut them down or control them. And uh, you need to understand this, that the church will disperse and go into hiding, like what we're doing right now. So we have to come up with innovative ways of community, communicating, like in Saudi Arabia. There are churches that meet, but they're not allowed to meet, but they're meeting. Okay, they know about it. The government knows about it. They're looking for them. They can't always find them. Same thing in China. Okay, it's happening now. The government is shutting down churches. The underground churches under a lot of persecution. But they're meeting. They're finding ways to meet. And they're doing it. <laughs> Why should you meet? That's the question. You should meet because in fellowship, there is power. In fellowship, the presence of the Lord is there. In fellowship, the download from heaven is greater than when we are on our own. Don't forget to fellowship. Pick up the phone, talk to someone. We bless you in the name of Jesus today. As we go, we want to pray this prayer of blessing over you. And trust that you will be blessed by this message. And you'll begin to understand for yourself what is the wisdom of God in your situation. Let go and let God. Father, we just lift up the name of Jesus. And right now I pray for all those people who have got ill health. And if you have some sort of situation in your life where you are facing some sickness or disease, I want you to place your hand upon that part right now. And I'm going to pray a prayer of healing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for physical healing right now. To go through the airways and touch your children wherever they are and bring that perfect healing in their body. And also, Lord, their mental state that you will speak into the mental state that your assurances will come from heaven into their very inner man and they will know that God has spoken to them and all the stress will leave right now I command it in the name of Jesus name open up heaven by the prayers that I'm praying that will come these things will come to your people wherever they are bless them Lord heal them and deliver them and we commit all that we are doing in their hand give us wisdom and strategies and understanding witty inventions on how to run church and what to do in this hour. We bless you. We thank you for safe God. We thank you for finances. We thank you for abundance of blessings. And we bless you in the name of Jesus. That your people will never stop. I've never seen the righteous stop. So bless the righteous I pray. In Jesus name. Amen and amen.